So are we recording now? Oh, oh sorry, I should just say it in front of me. No, 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 it's fine. Just be natural. I'll be natural. You know what I would say? Be natural. I will. Thank you for joining us again for our Agony Aunt special. It um, is a day in May. It is a day in May. Very sunny day. And it's lovely to hear people's voices. I don't like people's voices. <laughs> <laughs> I have a... What I would say, and sorry to immediately uh, get in deep, but I think I have PTSD from voicemails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, we've I, spoken about, about this before. before. Yeah, no, yeah. we have. Here I go again. Exactly. You don't only have PTSD, you clearly have <laughs> selective memory too. I, yeah, I do. I have a lot of things selectively. Um, so I, it was quite a big thing for me to listen to the voice notes, but thank you very much for sending them in. And actually, very nice voices. Lovely voices. Oh. Characterful. Oh. Characterful, funny, bitchy, silly. We love you. Fun, ya. just fun. Exactly. Yeah. We're a good. We're a good group of women, I would say. Yeah, nice say, people like our podcast. Oh, absolutely. Like, I like our team. Yeah, I like our team. If I had friends, I would choose you. Totally, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Okay, so um, we got some voice notes, um, and then also some people didn't listen to my instructions and mm-hmm. sent me written messages too. So to start things off. Let's let's go into let's go into a written one. Yeah. Funny enough, a friend of mine sent me this. Oh, I won't reveal her. I won't reveal her name, um, but she's a very good friend of mine, and um, she needs wants help. To, she needs help. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, babe. You know who you are, crazy bitch. Um, okay, so um, my friend keeps wanting me to hang out with her other friends, but I don't like them. They are bitchy and cold, and I always leave feeling triggered, like a kid being left out on the playground. She's arranging a group thing for us all, and I don't want to go. Is there any point in telling her that I just don't get on with her other friends? Or do I tell a white lie and pretend to be ill? P.S. Sending you lots of love and no pressure to actually answer this. Oh, wow. That's a good question. That's a good question. I, good cue. Uh, w- my immediate response is tell her. But then I am a bit too honest. I think that, to be honest, I would go with a different tack. I don't think that it's necessary to... Um, I think that that white lie is a useful one. And this is something that I've learned um, over the course of the last few years. When you have certain friends that you just don't really vibe with anymore or certain people that you don't really vibe with who will message you occasionally and say, let's go for coffee or let's do a group thing. I always think the best thing is plausible deniability. Either don't message back or come up with an excuse. Illness is absolutely fine. Always go with illness, always go with busy, because eventually they'll stop responding. But then if you bump into them in the streets, it's not gonna be as awkward as if you were to be like, no, I don't like you. Mm. Well, three things there. Okay. Isn't it tact, not tack? Did I say the you word? You said tack. Did like I? a tic-tac, but I think it's tact. I don't even remember saying the word tact. <laughs> I'm gonna have to replay this back. I'm pretty sure I didn't say tact. You said tack, and you said it so boldly. Did I say it? You said tack. You said, that's not the best tack. Did I? Yeah. And you also said plausible deniability, which is, you could be you could be Kim, couldn't you? Exactly. Doing I'm Kim, walk. stunning her baby bar. Um, you, oh, today maybe we'll find out she passed. I know. Didn't I you just love seeing her handwritten notes as well? Oh, in so the app? good. That, that was, t- sorry to be critical of her handwriting, but it was very sick form. It was so sick form. It looked like a, it looked like a font. Mm. Okay, but we're not going to... And the third gonna... thing okay. is... Um, this is why you probably have more friends and you're very good at lying, BB. Yeah. You're very, very good at it. It's quite As terrifying. is this girl. As is this girl. Mm. Well, I I am I have chosen the other tack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tack. Which is to just be just be completely upfront if I don't get on with someone and then just to either cull them coldly and never speak to them again or 
if I see them in the street after not replying or doing a white lie to run and hide. So this is definitely the more social option you're choosing. And I think that I know this girl, you're a social girl, you're a lovely girl. I don't think that you think about you in this situation. Like it's about making your life as comfortable as possible. You still don't want to hang out with those people. So don't. How, don't what, how, how likely it is is it that you will bump into them? Because if it's likely, then definitely go with a white lie. I would say always go with a white lie. You just can't, you don't know who you're going to bump into. Plus, like, I just think make your life as easy as you can for yourself. Self-care, come up with an excuse. But if you're somebody who doesn't have many friends, which I think she does, but mm -hmm. so you don't actually need them. You don't so if you them. don't need them, then just be bold, be but, honest. But also, you know, you're not a young, you, you, you know, you're not like a 12-year-old who has to worry about, you know, things like sitting in the lunch hall. Yes. You have to just be like... You okay, are an adult. You're an adult. Like, you don't want to see these people. Don't waste your time. Like, I try and say this to our mum all the time, and she's like, oh, I need to do this, or I need to... Don't do things you don't want to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You do not have to do them. Yes. I know, but the only thing is, if this is a good friend of yours who has introduced you to this friendship group, you don't want to hurt her by um, basically rejecting the people that she's chosen to be in her friendship group. Now, obviously, it depends on how much you value that friend. But I think the kinder thing to do and the more convenient thing for yourself is to just come up with an excuse. And eventually she'll get the hint. That's and I just nice think, of you. you know, it's up to her to pick up the breadcrumbs that you're leaving. I don't think that you need to make your life awkward in that way. So that's my little bit of advice, I would say. Yeah, that's very nice advice. But there's something so amazing about that with the, that comes with the, um, with just saying something really just true and freeing. Like you could just say, sorry, I don't like them particularly, you know, go for it, you hang out with them, but that's not for me. You would feel so great just yeah. saying that, but there'd probably be ramifications, so. Totally, and I've, I've, actually had that experience where people find out that you've said that you don't like them and it it never is worth it yeah I don't think so it's true, never worth it so true so kind you just come across like a bitch like it's so mm. much better to come across as aloof than to come across as mean you oh, never want to oh, be seen to be as aloof. mean imagine being aloof god imagine being aloof I'd love to be an aloof person okay so um this time we're gonna do okay we'll go for another written one because you know why not Okay, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but what daily sun cream do you and Jessie use? My, skin's, my skin is sensitive as fuck and I cannot find a good one. All I want to do is glow. Well. Look at that. All I you want, want to do to is be, glow, Annie. Thank you, I Annie. want to be Annie's the, such a great name. I want to be Martha in the couple um, from uh, Australia's, uh, What's what was the show? Oh no, what was the show that everyone watched? Was the Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight Australia. Martha and Bruno, is it Bruno? Mm-hmm. Most gorgeous couple in the world. And they're still together and they had a baby, right? They haven't had a baby. Oh, they're sorry, still yeah. together. And they, they are the king and queen of Instagram, in my opinion. And they do such amazing reels. And he is just amazing. Mm. I, ad he is so gorgeous. And he does adverts for La Roche-Posay, which is the sun cream that me and Bibi use. Yeah. Bibi and I. And <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so good. No, somebody actually corrected me because apparently in one of the old podcasts I was like, um, Jessie's actually uh, BB and I, but apparently I actually got it wrong. You said it right and I didn't. So I'm never going to try and correct Who you ever again. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit, you fucking bitch? No, 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 no. We've got to stop doing that. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're not a bitch. You're a lovely person. You're a lovely person. Um, um, okay, so I would say, yes, La Roche-Posay Factor 50 Plus is definitely like a staple. It's obviously a little bit more on the pricey side. Plus the bottle is really small. But it lasts for so long. But it does make me think, apparently you should use the size of a 50p piece mm. every day. Can you imagine? Only that. 
only that, a 50p piece. Oh my God, I put on way more than that shit. I'm probably overusing it, aren't I? You do not need over a 50p size bit of sun cream on your face. Okay, yeah, so But you remember aside, you have to top up every two hours. You have to, t- you have to top up. Um, that aside, when I got COVID, uh, one of my reactions was for a year afterwards, every single thing that had any kind of chemical in gave me like a horrendous eczema style rash on my skin. I have really, really, really sensitive skin too. So the only sun cream that I could actually wear at that time was weirdly the, there were two, the Olay, what's that one in the red? Uh, Regenerist. Olay Regenerous Moisturiser with Factor 30 in it. That didn't give me a rash. And also a child's sun cream from Boots. You have to go to a big Boots to find it. You can't find it in a small Boots. Sorry, you're not going to luck out and find it in a small Boots. You've got to go to a big Boots. It's called Child's Farm. That's the brand. And it's the um, allergen-free sun cream. And that's pretty much like the least chemically sun cream I've ever tried. It's Factor 50 Plus and it worked fantastically. So I would recommend that one too. Yeah, good tips. I mean, I've only used La Roche-Posay, La Roche-Posay for, I don't know, a decade now. It is great stuff. It's just great. I mean, I use it all, all year round. All year round. Sometimes I switch to a 30 when it's a bit rainy. But... You sometimes switch to a 30? Well, if it's like mid-winter, you don't need to be going out in 50. Mm. So yeah, I do wear... And to be honest, actually, this is the first year with... Uh, being busy and mostly staying inside I didn't use sun cream if I didn't go outside which I think is acceptable I do you know what I think that's also <laughs> acceptable okay first voice note first voice note here we go hi BB and Jesse. um love the podcast so glad that you guys are back my question is how do I stop being such a people pleaser uh, I do it at work I do it with my friends I do it with strangers the hairdresser the nail tech everyone basically And it means that I rarely get to do what I actually want to do. And I want to stop being such a people pleaser. So any advice would be greatly received. Aw, This kind of ties in with um, the first question, doesn't it? Thank you, Jade. What you want to do. Jade Um, has a nice voice. Jade does have a lovely voice. With that kind of voice, you've probably got lots of, you know, you don't need people please. Also, your voice is quite soothing. So I reckon that people probably use you as a therapist, don't they, a lot, Jade? I bet people are offloading on you all day long. You just called her Jed. No. <laughs> Do you have different ears to me today? You just said, you have a nice voice, Jed. <laughs> okay, well. There was such a cool boy at school called Jed. Jed is such a sexy name. It is, apart from it does not have connotations with Jedward. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry, Jade. Sorry, Jade. Don't worry, Jade. You're not Jed. Yeah, Jade's Jade lovely. Would. Okay, so Jade is a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. What about you, Jesse? Oh, I don't think... So. <laughs> I actually don't think that Jesse's qualified to answer this question. I probably am the, the pole opposite of, of a people pleaser. opposite is it of pole? a people pleaser. Pole? Polar. This is also a language podcast. <laughs> As we try to decipher what words we do not know uh, how to pronounce. Um, so... I would say that Jesse and I are very, very different in terms of people pleasing. I'm the youngest of five, so I feel like throughout my life, I've always been very, very adaptable. I've been like a kind of diplomatic type of person who's trying to like figure out other people's problems and basically being as convenient as possible for everyone around me, like fitting into stuff. So I can completely understand what you mean when you say that with you know, people that you work with, friends, and then even people like, you know, hairdressers and nail techs and stuff you're always wanting to not inconvenience them. Because I think it goes back to like being a child. You don't want to be pushed out of the room. You don't want to be not included in the game. You don't want to be forgotten about. So naturally, 
you just become as accommodating as possible. And then that sort of just drip feeds into your life as an adult and um, into all of your relationships. And it's something that I still struggle with now, basically. But I have found that forcing yourself little by little to like put yourself out there a little bit more, it kind of is like, it's like jumping into freezing water. It feels like it's gonna be this impossible task, but once you sort of get used to it, your body adjusts. So just try experimenting with a friend of yours, like if you guys are choosing what to do or something like that, you suggest something, be quite bold about it. And I think you'll probably be surprised to find that nobody really cares. Because I think that the reason why people people please is because you get too much in your own head and you don't actually realize that people don't give that much of a shit. So just try doing what you want for once and see how it feels. What do you think, Jesse? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that... Um it's it all stems from confidence yes it all stems from confidence so if you are just if you try and build up your self-confidence then you won't feel the need to do things you don't want to do yeah I mean I I I, I probably am a people please you know in to a certain degree because I think every everybody doesn't want to just be horrible yeah but if you're doing things that you actually really don't want to do all the time because you don't want to hurt people's feelings and that's just no way to live yeah so try and break out of that routine people pleasing your you know that nature and just try and yeah try it out try just being you know a bit bold because also it's probably like a negative um feedback loop because if you're consistently doing stuff that you don't really enjoy that's not like making you happier that's not making you more confident and then you're much less likely to be able to have the bravery to do things that you actually Mm. want to do so if you just try and break this chain that you're in then I think that you're going to start to see like positive repercussions um, because ultimately you deserve to have the things that you want in your life and your friends want that for you too. Also, I think it's about identity. If you have a strong self-knowledge and um, you know who you are and your likes and your your dislikes and what what, what you enjoy doing and if you you really are aware of all those things, then you, you won't be pushed into things you don't want to do as easily. So if you are a little bit unsure and working out who you are and probably it's probably more easy for you to slip into people pleasing um tendencies because you just you think oh maybe that that will be good or maybe I should do that or maybe I could become that whereas so so maybe you have to work a bit more on on what you who you are exactly what do you like um which actually when you're in a relationship a long-term relationship is really hard because you do lose a sense of identity because you're constantly splitting it because you want to both have a nice time. Yeah. So spend some time with yourself. Go on a date on your, with yourself. Go, Go to the London Eye. Exactly. Do one thing that you've been wanting to do for ages, completely on your own. Give yourself full permission to have a full day where you just do the stuff that you want. I do find it kind of cringe when people are like, I took myself for a date. I mean, true, yeah. Don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> don't don't you know say what? that. I took myself for a date. Do you know what? There was one. It was me, myself and I today. <laughs> I, I took myself for some food. <laughs> we had oh my god imagine referring to yourself in like the third person we had a lovely time me myself and I I've seen that I've seen that on Instagram also get the nails you want and get the hair you want because you know the no like that's going to also deplete your confidence if you're too afraid to tell people what you, that's their job did you she have say to that she doesn't get the nails she wants or the hair well she, she was likes. saying that she's a people pleaser with hairdressers with nail tech oh, right, which okay, implies cool, yeah. that they're probably doing more of what they want than she, what <laughs> she wants don't leave until it's what you want that's their job and they'll respect you for it you know yeah it's, it's, I, we both have this as well in our relationships, I think. So 
um, my boyfriend probably likes me wearing things that I absolutely don't wear and um, or you know nail colors that he doesn't particularly like or whatever and at the beginning probably I did modify my taste to to please him and to make him happy and over the, the years it's been really fun to be like actually I I like doing this and I like wearing my eight-year-old leggings back to front because mm-hmm. the knees he came back from Australia this week and he has no clothes and whilst he was away I hid all his clothes because I didn't want to see his clothes and get upset and I also didn't have space for his clothes now with the new baby the baby's clothes have usurped his clothes so in the bedroom now all of his clothes are just in the cupboard and he got back and I didn't have time to put his clothes back out so there's no trace of him now in the flat like there's no trace of him living here and so he had to try he was like I need to wear some clothes and the only things that I would let him wear are my leggings my eight-year-old leggings that he wanted to throw away and he was going to wear them and secretly throw them away and I saw this happening and stopped him exactly and I bet he's a little bit more grateful and respectful of you now and he wore them back to front he said they are very comfy exactly you basically just have to show people the kind of level of treatment that you deserve and the things that you want because nobody knows what anybody else wants, right? Nobody, like you have to show them. You can't leave it to other people to sort of guess for you. And that's really difficult when you're a people pleaser and you're like afraid of putting yourself out there. But you basically just have to force the issue because otherwise nobody is going to have a perception of of, of how you should be treated. So, or, or who you are exactly. and what you, you stand for and what you accept. Okay, thank you, Jade. Jed. Thanks, Jed. Okay, this is the next one. Hello, long-time listener and Patreon subscriber. Um, I have a question about my love life. So I broke up with my boyfriend of a year and a half, about three weeks ago. Um, and I've always really had this crush on my friend. He also just broke up with his girlfriend of about two years. And we immediately got off with each other and slept with each other and started sort of just being relationshipy and then he recently last week freaked out and withdrew and then we met up for coffee and we had this discussion and we both still liked oh. each other but it was moving too fast sorry that's a voice note from our last one really? i was just thinking i I've really recognized that question that's because i'm on her messaging thing that was that was the last one and it's still there excuse me daisy excuse me oh, we already another one yeah we already solved Aww. that problem for you didn't we daisy i hope it worked what out for you i want to know how it worked out i know tell us tell us message me sorry sorry about that everyone if you want to listen to that rest of that question is on our other agony app. Hello, it's me again. I uh, sent one in last time and yes. you said I had a very sexy Scottish voice. Yes, um, you did. This advice is not about the same guy as before. Ooh. I've seen someone else oh. um, and he's very nice. But basically, a few weeks ago, uh, we hung out with his friends for the first time and it was nice and we were kind of drunk. And when we came home, we got onto the subject of his ex and then he kind of came out with, uh, oh... And uh, the more I think about it, I don't really know if I'm ready for anything serious. Which kind of took me by surprise, because he's called me his girlfriend, we've met his friends, and it was all seeming to be going well. Um, And I basically said, you know, I don't want anything um, from you if you're not sure about me, because I've got really strong feelings here. And then we kind of left the conversation, and we haven't spoken about it since. And it's been about a month, but we've now planned a holiday to Spain. He's met my family. I've met all his friends. He's met all of mine. And it seems to be all... Oh, weapons. Sorry, that cut off. I was just going to say, it seems to be going swimmingly. So my question is, do I 
speak to him again and ask how he's feeling about the relationship and risk it all being brought up again? Or do I just keep going because I'm pretty sure he's serious about me now? Uh, let me know. Love you guys. That's a really good question. Mm. Thank you, Daisy. What would you do? Oh, my God. I just don't think I'm the right person because I'm a very jealous person and stuff, if I'm being really honest with myself. But I also now know it hurts me too much to find out information that I don't want to know, right? So, I mean, this is probably not the healthiest thing to do. Probably a healthy therapist person would be like, have that conversation, be ready for what he says. I would be like, ignore it. Don't have that conversation, block it out, stalk her on Instagram through a private account occasionally, just get it out of your system and then never mention it ever again. Hi, sorry, I missed a bit. I don't take in information like this very well, sorry. So basically... What, no, but um, who's the other girl? So um, she's started seeing someone else. Things mm-hmm. are going well. Mm-hmm. But then um, after she'd met his friend slightly drunk on a night out, um, the ex came up, his ex, and he said that he wasn't sure. I'm not sure. serious about something. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now things... Speak yeah, now for, things are good. Haven't spoken about it for a month. Swimmingly. I. But the thing is also, I don't think that my advice is that bad because I feel like... If things are going, I think you would know, right? Like if you can feel it in your gut that like you guys really like each other and it's going well, I reckon that he just drunkenly said something, maybe out of fear, you know? I don't. Oh, think I that, definitely would not say anything. I just wouldn't say anything. If it's going well and you, you, if you're sure, you said you're sure, then don't bring it up. There's no need. He probably doesn't even remember that conversation. Exactly. And also, men are very stupid. Also, I do. Th- I don't think that jealousy is ever attractive. No. So if you even hint that. There's an, there's that you it it got to you that conversation, it does strike, it it's it's insecure and 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 an insecurity is not attractive either. So I think it's worth just continuing enjoying it, seeing how it goes, um, and then if it comes up again, if it comes up again, issue. exactly, because you need to realise that it's a good sign that he hasn't brought it up in the last month. Because you're right, Jesse, he yeah. probably hasn't. You're he, going to Spain. You're going to Spain. You're going to have a lovely time in España. Yeah. So. <laughs> I would say just have a little, just check up on her Instagram because I'm sure she's not as beautiful as you are. Um, just check up, see what's going on there. Beauty isn't everything. She um, might have an amazing personality. Okay, maybe. that's true. She might. Um, but I she think she might be amazing, and you don't need to know that. But also, similarly to what I was saying before about like protecting yourself, don't hurt yourself by finding out information that you don't want to know. It's never going to make you feel good finding out about a past relationship. I'm sorry, it never no, does. But sometimes it's quite fun. It's fun, it's but it fun. hurts yourself. Yeah. It's like it's painful. It's so annoying when they don't have very active accounts, you know? The oh, yeah, 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 It's like, yeah, come yeah. on, post a bit more. I want to know a bit more. Exactly. I want to see those ugly angles. Yeah. Do you know and I, mean? I can't look at your stories. So you need to post more. You can look at the stories. No, I cannot. Insta. You You're can. Can't. Imagine if I looked at someone's Jessie, stories. Jesse, if you get a different Instagram account, that's what you're going to okay, do. Yeah, I'm not a psychopath, BB, like you. I'm sorry, that's not... Please, can somebody... Uh, can people validate that it is very normal to have a second Instagram account? Oh, my God. I just, I just couldn't... I just, I just, I've got too much on. Do yeah, you, you do. time to create exactly. a pseudo name. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Okay. okay. That was Next. a great question. Thank you, Daisy. Lovely to hear your lovely voice again. The voice is still there. hasn't deteriorated. Exactly. You haven't been smoking. Exactly. Good for you, babe. You don't actually know that she might smoke, but... She, she might, might smoke. Would keep smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy doesn't sound like a smoker. Okay, come on. Next one. Hey, uh, you can probably hear Hey Dougie on in the background. Um... <laughs> I was just wondering, and this is probably more for Jesse, I guess. Um, where do you stand on playing with your children? Because I'll be, I'll be honest, I hate it. Um, I don't want to do it. Uh, I love them very much, but I don't want to play. 
and I kind of feel like they should be able to just go do their own thing. I mean, they're, they're, they're coming on to free. Do, do you think I should play with them? Do you play with your children or, you know, do you feel like feeding them and giving them life is enough? Um, yeah, please just uh, reassure me, basically. Thank you. Oh, Great that's so nice. question, B. I think I've talked about this on um, my pregnancy podcast because I, I similarly am a, I'm not a player. Which not isn't probably not a surprise. I don't. I I, tr- I what I've realised in the last eighteen months with Ten and now Becca is that I'm I'm a very good baby mum. I love babies, love toddlers, and I'm quite good at playing with Ten because it doesn't require that much. It just requires me to do like a lion's roar and tickle him and chase him. And that was also my favourite stage of playing with Donnie and Margot is running because I was like burning some calories here at the same time. <laughs> Not. I can treat myself to some Jaffa cakes with the kids later. When it when it gets to the gecko impersonations and like let's go on a ride and let's go to an imaginary land, no thanks. BB is comes in here and she's brilliant at that. And you do play with them to such a, you know, they just see you as a sibling. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and a friend. But it's kind of backfired now because um I picked them up from school yesterday and we went to this little park near the school. And there were a couple of nannies there and a couple of mums who clearly have established those boundaries. They were sitting at the side. There was n- <laughs> The kids weren't even glancing at them. They knew that they weren't going to get any playtime. But with me, I, I just can't escape it because either I have to join in because they're used to me playing or if I don't, then they get really upset. They feel like they can't play as much. It shows that you've grown up. I know. Well. I know. I don't like the playing anymore. It I'm going to be really that. honest. I don't love the playing anymore. No. The rules are getting too hard to understand. And anytime I try to, like, you know, you know, workshop some ideas for the game. Okay, cool. So we're tigers. Yeah. What's my power? Can I fly? Donnie and Margot will be like, no. I'm the one that can fly. Yeah, you they can't keep do anything. Changing the rules. Yeah, I can do it for a little bit. I used to do it. It's I used to. I used to kind of set aside a time in the day where I had to really try. So it would get to the point of bath time, and this is probably when they were like three and four, and they'd be in the bath, and I'd be like, "Okay, switch on. Be a fun mummy now. Be a fun mummy." And I would pretend. I would play along with their imaginary games, but then it backfired once because <laughs> I told you this so many times. But um, we were. It was like a and a make-believe game where they were like, and there's the teapot up there flying, and there's the gecko swooping down, and I would be like, oh, and there's an imaginary world. Look, look at that, look over there. And they'd be like, no, mummy, that's a wall. <laughs> and shut me down. Yeah. And I think that kind of thing happens so much whenever I try and get involved. It's just like, And I did try in the run-up to Becca being born. I was like, I know I'm not going to be physically able to, to play very much, so I'll get, I'll really try. And what I've noticed again is that even if you do it for two minutes and you actually really let yourself get to that down to their level, and that might be literally getting down on all fours and pretending to do something ridiculous and not worrying about looking silly. If you do it for two minutes, it's worth it. It is worth it. And I think that they'll remember it. For example, in this park thing yesterday, I wasn't super vibing with like the made up game that they were playing. But after the other kids had left... Um, there was this slide and me, Donnie and Margo had a challenge who could run up it the fastest. First with shoes, then with socks and then barefoot. And I really committed to it because it was actually, you know, like, oh, I actually found it quite yeah, fun. You had a good I time. I had a bit of a fun time. And even though we only did that for five minutes, um, when we were brushing our teeth later on at night, Donnie said, that was really fun playing on the slide, No, but it? that's what breaks that my was heart. It's like they know. They know. They know that they can get to you that way. So I would say B... Um, don't feel guilty for not enjoying it. I don't think any adult enjoys kids' games, really. 
I actually spoke to her mum about this in the park the other day. I was like, I, the, I guess the most guilt I feel at the moment is that the fact that I can't play. I can do the things you said. I can feed them and I can talk to them and I can hug them, and I can't play. And she was like, no one plays. No one plays. And if a mum does play, She's they're fucking weird. Yeah, and I, in- I like that. Obviously, if you're a mum, maybe you're a play specialist as well as a mum. Of course, you're going to be good at it. But you know, we're not, we we're not amazing at playing. We're adults. One thing that's always stuck to me, stuck with me, is Angelina Jolie. Mm. So. <laughs> She was quoted, and I don't know where she is right now, I don't know how she's doing, but this has stayed with me. She's, she said that um, as long as she has one moment a day with each of her kids, because she's got about 18 now, as long as she has one moment with them, that's enough. A mm-hmm. moment of connection and where she feels like she is being their mother. Yes. That's all you need. And I've really tried to follow that through because you don't need that long, like... Yeah, I can't play geckos and do the imaginary things, but I can sit with Margot and listen to her read for a, a minute before she wants to watch TV again. Or I can, like, actually do her hair and talk to her about her hair. Or, like, just one moment is all you need because they're not going to remember this time. Exactly. and But also, the moment is going to be better and more meaningful if it's something that you actively can do and enjoy. So if playing is not that thing, don't feel guilty about it. Very few adults enjoy playing. Find something that you can share with your child and have that moment, like Angelina Jolie. I think that's a really good tip. But don't feel guilty. Use the skills that you've got as a mother. So, for instance, one thing I do like doing with them is is encouraging them to draw and watching them draw and trying to draw with them. Um, Doing things that you kind of enjoy too because that makes it, kind of more sustainable and they'll be able to they'll be able to feel they're like anim- they're like dogs you know mm. they can sense fear and they'll mm. be able to sense your happiness too yeah. okay next question and she said confidential so this one's gonna be so, but no but it's confidential BBC you can't play it you can't play it <laughs> obviously <laughs> dummy oh, okay so should I yeah you can't play that you can play it to yourself but it's confidential oh top secret what, because she thinks people might recognise her voice? Yeah, of course. Okay, she well might then be I'll, very I'll, famous. Okay, well then I'll play it for us yeah, and then I'll cut us. it out. Okay, no, but I don't trust you to cut it out. I will, I cut it out. Of course okay, I'll cut it out. So I'm just going to write down the time. 30. This is a top secret question. Okay, I think this is a really good moment to bring up the film Worst Person in the World. Mm-hmm. So what, in that scene... Wait, we need to yeah, I know. establish okay, what the question so is. So the question is, somebody's husband has Her had husband. an emotional affair... And decided to leave them, but then decided that they made a, made a mistake and 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 tried to come back, which is a really terrible situation. I'm really sorry, but so I watched sorry. Worst Person in the World last night, and that scene where she's at a party and she makes a kind of a connection with a stranger, and they end up having a whole night together where they don't kiss or like do anything that's like quote cheating, but they do lick each other and smell their sweat and watch each bite other each other and watch each other. We do, do really intimate things. Yeah, they push it to the absolute brink. What did you, if, if you, would you consider any of those things, like smelling their sweat and doing a wee, would you consider them cheating? If you knew that somebody was doing that and you were their girlfriend at home, what would you feel? Well, the thing is, you have to think about the times when you wanted to have those moments of intimacy. An emotional affair is basically that situation. It's saying, I wish I could kiss you but the constraints of the relationship I mean, I'm in mean I can't and I don't want to feel guilty. So that's a shitty thing for a person to feel and I'm afraid that if you have that desire to smell someone's sweat, to have an emotional affair, to, do every, to push it to the absolute extreme limit, 
without it technically being cheating. That means that you do want to fuck and kiss that person. So I would consider it full cheating if, yeah. if my partner did any of that stuff with someone. The second you want to. The second that you want to, you want to, and you've acted on it, and you've actually done something almost worse because you think that you can get away with it because it's not technically cheating because you didn't kiss or anything like that. An emotional affair is like such a coward's way out, in my opinion. Yeah, sorry, I was wrong. The moment you want to, that's fine. Yeah. The moment you actually have that interaction and actually say it out loud behind your person's back, that's too far. You can want to. Everybody wants to kiss someone or have sex with someone that's not their boyfriend or husband or girlfriend or love, whatever. Everyone wants to. That's that's normal. But when you're actually having a sequence of, of things that are just really pushing it, then that is wrong. Um, because it, but but then at the same time, where is the line? Because you can be really good friends with someone and talk about you know intimate things with them. Is that cheating? No. Like no. yeah, but if it's an emotional affair and it's like you rely on that person for support. Like, how, how far has it gone, basically? How much have they talked? How much have they hugged but not kissed? How much are they... Like, there's so many different levels of kind of betrayal. Well, I think that also it's so interesting to note that this emotional affair led to him deciding to do something huge, which is leave you. But then the second that he actually tests out what it's like to really be in a relationship with that person... He decides, oh, no, that's not good enough. Everybody and he thinks that he can come get. back to you. Okay, so clearly he, the, the grass was greener. But the fact the that The grass you, wasn't greener. No, no, the grass was greener, which is why he left. And then the grass turned out to not be greener. It was not green. And now he realises that you're the fucking green grass. Sorry, you're not pasture for him to graze no, on. No, you stay green on your own. I, in my opinion, you're going through an incredibly difficult situation. And it's difficult to, like, you know, bring any nuance to this. And I know that this must be such a difficult period of time for you. But the fact is, having an emotional affair and leaving your your partner, your married partner, that is an absolute betrayal as much as adultery. And the fact that he now thinks that he can come back to you just because it was supposedly an emotional affair reads as so horrible and weak to me. I guess the main red flag is, will he do it again? He will do it again. And what has happened to that relationship, the emotional affair relationship, to make him want to come back to you did she say actually I don't want this and he's now lying you don't know what's gone on you and don't. that's that's and you're never that's gonna the know. terrifying thing exactly. but it's you're in a marriage you love each other there is a reason why you're together like I would err on the side of don't throw it all away because of an emotional affair if they didn't I, I if you really want to be with him then there's no point letting this ruin you know a, a really long relationship and a future together so I, I don't know. I, I would I would forgive. I would forgive. I wouldn't. So, sorry about that. Sorry about that. I would forgive because it depends what you want, you know. If you want to be with him. I know, I just find it, him. the fact that he now is coming back, um, it implies that he doesn't actually know what he wants. The fact that he was having an emotional affair in the first place implies that you weren't giving him the intimacy that, you, that he needed, which I'm sure is bullshit because you sound wonderful and lovely. Um, and he's flighty because he's coming straight back. Yeah, but this is a guy much, that he's going to do this again. Though? Why blame the guy? Why not blame the other girl? Like maybe she has lured him in, and maybe she wants she, no. she wants to like. But you don't. We don't know. I'm obviously you know. You just don't know the ins and outs of it, so it's hard to gauge. But he is fully complicit, and he's the one that's married. We don't yes, know about this other but he woman. He wants to. He's made the decision to be with you. And yes, I am. I've got low self esteem, and I'm. I'm. You know insecure and 
I, I'm just putting myself in that position. I would be like, don't leave me. But maybe you're a strong, cool woman who is like, no, I'm not going to be treated like that. But if you love him, if you really love him and you are married, then that is big stakes. Don't, don't like ruin that for an emotional affair that he does not want to be in anymore. I, that's what I would say. And also, if you don't have kids, if you don't have kids, it's a bit simpler. But like, yes. if you have kids, then Jesus, like, you know, I, I would say, again say just, it's okay. You don't need worry. to put him to the test at least. You need to, he needs to really prove that he fully appreciates you because this more than anything else smacks of him taking you completely for granted. Yeah, but maybe she took him for granted too. Like, I'm not going to like... Jesse, don't... But maybe No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's these kind of things happen in long-term relationships. You can easily go months without really thinking, okay, what have I done lately to be a good boyfriend? Or what have I done lately to be a good girlfriend? Like, it's very easy to take your partner for granted. And I'm not saying you have, but he, he has taken you for granted here. Now it's your chance to be like, right... Is he going to stay or are we really going to evaluate our relationship and what we both want and how we both are treating each other? Mm. It's a good clean slate for you guys to decide, right, we're either going to break up or we're going to start again and make some rules here about how we treat each other. I mean, that is very mature of you, Jesse. I am very mature, baby. Thirty fucking five, you know. Had okay. one, I've had one serious relationship, thank you. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we're very sorry about your situation, by the way. I'm so sorry. Okay, this is our next question. Is it still recording? Yeah. Great. Hey, BB and Jessie. So, uh, my name is Fenya. I live in Australia. And I know you guys have a really nice relationship to your mom. Um, and you also call her mommy. Don't let the haters stop you. <laughs> but yeah, so in a couple of hours, my mommy is going to Canada. We're in Australia. I forgot if I said that. But she's going to Canada for three and a half weeks. And she's coming back a day after my 18th birthday. I'm a June baby. I'm a Gemini. Sauce so about it. Love um, Gemini. Sauce so babes. But I know that She's I don't know if you guys have like attachment issues from your mummy, so maybe this won't apply. But how do you guys learn to spend time away from loved ones? I know Jesse that Elfie just came back, and I have read stuff about it on your Patreon. But you know. If there's anything else you want to say about it, or even BB, maybe you miss Alfie as well. Maybe you miss Jesse when you go on your vacations. Mm. Any advice? Oh, that's she is so sweet. So fucking cute. Oh, so, that's so sweet. You are the cutest person ever. Thank you, Fenya. 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 Aww. Eighteen years old as well. Such a lovely, such a lovely mature voice for such a young lady. She probably smokes. <laughs> <laughs> Stop smoking, Fenya. Oh, so her mum's going away for three and a half weeks, basically. Yes. And okay. she's asking about, she clearly is somebody with an anxious attachment style. That's something I've been learning about recently. And she's asking us about how we deal with being away from loved ones when you're from a very close-knit family. It's a great question. Yeah. Well, my, my response is to say don't ever go away from them. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had to just, um, yeah, deal with Alfie being away for a while, which I actually surprisingly handled very well, but that is because I had the distraction of a newborn baby, so... But yeah, what do you think? I think if... Hmm, let me think about 18 it. is a very difficult age, though, because you're kind of still a child, mm. but you are you have the mindset of being a fully-fledged adult. Mm. I, 18 is so young. 18 is so bloody young. 
three and a half way, a weeks away. I don't think I've ever done that, actually, from my mum. I, I don't think I've ever been away for longer than... You were away in America once for a couple months. I don't think it was... I, yes, probably that was the longest. Um, but I, I, I just couldn't do it now. I just couldn't do it now. I think um, schedule a time every day when you know you're going to speak because then your brain is going to like start to release dopamine or like any of the good hormones or whatever when it's building up to that time because you know you're going to hear her voice it's going to maybe help the homesickness or the kind of the missing part of your heart if you know that there's a set time every day where you can get your fix of speaking to her on the phone send photos back and forth a lot check in because that always makes me feel good. And, you know, just maybe have some fun. Do some fun 18-year-old things in, in the next few weeks, you know, while your mum's out of town. Um, you sound like a very well-behaved girl. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting anything bad. But, you know, like maybe if you really fill up your time with friend stuff and, like, exciting things that push you out of your comfort zone, I think that the excitement and thrill of those different experiences might um, help ease the homesickness because I always find if I'm away from your, my family for an extended period of time and I'm stuck in the same routine as when they were here that's when I start to feel really sad because you start to feel like oh god I wish that they were here so try and do some different things maybe start a new like maybe start an art class or, also, or I think hang time, out with some friends time zone jump time zone differences really help these things because you'll be busy when she's asleep or she'll be asleep when you're busy and yeah if you set aside a time it's brilliant Alfie being away for six weeks went very seamlessly in a way because we were in constant communication by fo like photos and videos. So we're very lucky to be living in a time where that kind of, we are able to be in constant communication. Exactly, so make the most of that. It will go really fast. And also, if you do think you maybe have attachment issues, maybe then use this time to have a set time, but then don't be in constant communication for the rest of the day because then you can find out a little bit about yourself in that meantime exactly I mean we obviously we take pride in the fact that we're such a closely connected family and so you sound like you're from that kind of a family too and I think that you should take pride in that as well and it's really lovely and it's such a it's such a privilege it's such a blessing to be able to have a close relationship with your mum your mummy um Aww. also I think don't be embarrassed about that at all but also you know, as you're getting older and you're an adult, you are going to have to obviously have periods of time when you, you aren't with her all the time. So use this as like a little practice round. It'll be hard, but I'm sure that you will thrive. And it'll be good for her too. And it'll be good for her too. And I also, this is a bit morbid, but I also think we, whilst we can be with each other um, and alive and happy, learn, be with each other. Why like, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you? Don't let anybody judge you for that. Um, Right, we have to go on to our last question now because we have to stop. Okay. So we're going to We go wish you the last. best, Venya. We wish you very You're well. You're a little sweetheart. You're, and, and, and you know, the, the chemist job sounds great. Oh, yeah, the chemist job sounds great. So we cut that question we out. We cut that question but out because we don't we have enough time. We really enjoyed it. Um, we did really enjoy it. Um, this is our last question on our Agony Aunt special and it's really sweet. Can we do the sixth form one? The sixth form the one? The sixth form one. <laughs> Can you find that one? Yes. I had to stop recording. I'm sorry if um, you were watching this on Patreon because my phone is at limit and uh, 45 minutes was the max. Hi, BB and Jesse. Thanks so much for doing another Agony Aunt. No, no, we've no, done no. that one. We've done, we done Catherine. Oh, no, we didn't do Catherine. Sorry, Catherine. What was Catherine's question? Oh, about not feeling close to people. Yes, I think that was actually quite okay, a good cool. one. Okay, cool, we'll play Catherine. Catherine's, yeah. 
But Sorry, we'll do it. I'm really out of breath. I'm on my way to the station. Um, love the podcast so much. Um, so thank you for everything you do. And Jesse, I am really loving whenever it kicks too. Even as somebody that doesn't have a baby myself, I'm really, really enjoying it and finding it so interesting to hear about your experiences. Um, my question for you is this. Um, I had bit of a funny old second lockdown and something really like hard happened in the middle of it and I've just been finding ever since that I'm not feeling like as close to people anymore I don't know if that makes any sense um but I just feel like I'm not so I think her question cut out, um, but I think that is a really good question, Catherine. She's asking about after a difficult, potentially traumatic experience or any kind of um, like external stimulus that has made your life or, like more difficult for a period of time, why her response to that is to not feel as close to people. Um, I think this links really well to a TikTok that I sent to Jesse that I'm just going to quickly um, run down for you, but it's also going to be on my next edition of um, my Substack newsletter because I'm writing the newest one. Um, it's about trauma resiliency, and we all have a certain emotional bandwidth where we can cope with experiences that are good or bad and feel happy or sad without um, without it shaking us too much. But then once you go above like a certain line, it's a sort of dotted line, you either, it's either too stressful that you go into fight or flight or anxiety mode, and that's when you start to feel frantic, that's maybe when you get angry irrationally, and maybe that's, um, yeah, okay, and then on the other side of it, if something affects you too negatively in like a sad way, you go into depression, you go into frozen state, you, and I think that you push people away. So clearly this difficult experience that you have and any kind of traumatic experience that you have, it shortens, it like narrows this bandwidth that we have, which means that it's much, much easier to slide into these two zones, the fight or flight mode or the depression mode. Um, and I think that Jesse and I can both attest to the fact that having been through something traumatic and difficult, it does make it much more easier, much, sorry, much, much easier to slip into these states of mind. Um, my... My chosen, my my uh, my vice, my uh, drink of choice is definitely depression and pushing people away, and um, I think that's probably what's happened to you, Catherine. Um, I think that sometimes the small everyday um, things of life that are a little bit difficult, that maybe before this thing happened, you wouldn't have uh, responded to it as strongly, and you probably you you wouldn't be pushed to push people away as you are, but because your emotions are frayed and you, you're a fragile person right now because of what you've been through, it means that you're just much more easily inclined to push people away. Maybe it's like a defense mechanism. Um, if you feel like maybe something bad has happened and you can't trust people anymore, um, it makes complete sense. You shouldn't you know, feel guilty for the fact that you're pushing people away. You're trying to protect yourself. That's your body trying to heal. What do you think, Jesse? Um, yeah, I completely agree. I... Um, I, I think it's just limited contact with people makes you, it, it changes our, our entire mind frames have had to change in the last couple of years. We're not used to as little social contact as we've had. I'm going to have to stop now. Sorry, the baby's like to, um, needs my boob. So, but yeah, I think that you, 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 you finish. I'll, I'll, I'll finish. Um, 
So I would say, Catherine, um, don't judge yourself for how you've responded to this situation. But what you should do is look up online on TikTok um, or I love that I reference TikTok consistently. Look up what um, this trauma resiliency bandwidth spectrum is. Recognize that yours has become shorter because of lockdown, because of this difficult experience that you've had. And try and find out ways that you can start to increase that bandwidth again so that you're not going to be pushed into the state of pushing people away that you are. Um, You just need to continue looking after yourself and don't judge yourself too harshly for the ways that your heart needs to heal itself. So thank you everyone for sending in so many questions. Jesse's just feeding the baby right now, so I'll wrap things up. Um, And we love you. So have a lovely day. Bye.